0: WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. <laughs>
1: It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking
2: the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know. With Joe Nolan, Traffic. Justin Ellick, Sports. Lou Dobbs, Business. And now, Talking the News with Noah. On 77 WABC. Yeah, that's me. WABC News Time, 5 o'clock. Good morning. It is Wednesday, March 8th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center, a mix of sun and clouds today. High 48 tonight, overnight clear, low 33. And then Thursday, sunshine, high 55. If you are walking out the door with us and so happy you are right now, it is 31 and foggy. So much to get to during the course of this hour will start. Oh, I should point out that I, I, you know, when you get just sort of angry behind the wheel <laughs> and I'm like this mellow laid back guy, but I have this thing when I'm coming into the city every day, I come in, you know, very early, so there's not an enormous amount of traffic on the roads. I come out of the Lincoln Tunnel. I get onto 42nd Street, and what I need to do is make it from uh, all the way on the west side, all the way to 3rd Avenue, where the radio station is, and make that left turn and go up 3rd Avenue, and I'm here. And the whole ride, like, is three miles from my house to the radio station, but, because it's new york city sometimes i can take 45 minutes but early in the morning that's never the case but uh, it's all about the timing of the lights and you know how you just get in your head and you get a little bananas about that so i i have to stop doing this but once I get to Fifth Avenue, there's all these traffic lights and it's always red lights, red light, red light, red light for every avenue. But when I get to Fifth Avenue, if I can make it through the green light at Fifth Avenue, I have a stream of green lights that take me right to Third Avenue. But it's all about the timing. So if there is a car in front of me going too slow, I won't make it through the Fifth Avenue light. And, um And every day, I never know what's going to happen. But why does it frustrate me so much when I don't make it, when there's a car in front of me that slows down? I don't beep. I don't speed. But this morning, I sailed right through. And I feel like that's always the beginning of a good day. Sailed right through Fifth Avenue all the way across Lexington, Madison, all the way to Third Avenue, making that left turn onto Third Avenue. The stupid things that make you happy. All right. Let's get into
1: it. The Top 5 at 5.
2: A wild scene inside a Queens restaurant. It's happening again. Someone is killing cats in Queens. Mayor Adams knows who he's backing in 2024. LIRR riders can't catch a break. And a New Jersey grandmother celebrates 95 in a daring way. Let's get into it. WABC News Time 503. This was happening last night. Nine firefighters hurt in a five-alarm inferno that tore through multiple homes in Queens last night. The blaze ignited in an attached multi-family home this was in woodside fire broke out about 10 p.m then quickly spread to neighboring homes
3: so i was taking a shower came out fire everywhere luckily everyone was able to evacuate in time but the fire is just expanding it's been expanding the
2: fire burned through both floors of two-story building this was on 59th street expanded to three separate homes All the people who lived in all these separate homes were able to get out okay.
3: It started from the back of their house, and they saw from their camera. They started pounding on the door of the other person, told the other person to evacuate, so they all got out safely.
2: So firefighters fought this until about one this morning. We've told they've doused this thing, but uh, nine firefighters uh, were injured, uh, checked in with the FDNY. Thankfully, all those injuries at this hour are being called minor. WABC News Time. 504, have you seen this video? A large group of teenagers ransacking a restaurant in Queens without warning. This took place over the weekend. Seventy seven WABC's Alex Barnard joins us live with the story. Alex, tell us more what happened.
0: Well thank you, Noam. The manager at Fish Village in College Point said the teenagers all ran inside the restaurant Saturday morning, said nothing, and started trashing the place. Video from a customer shows complete chaos inside the restaurant as the masked teens flipped tables through chairs and smashed dishes leaving a trail of destruction behind. The manager describes the teens as mostly Asian and some Hispanic kids in that about 30 customers were inside at the time. Can't get my words out. Queens Councilwoman Vicki Palladino is livid.
3: They took an elevator three floors up to do what they did and then took an elevator three floors down and left with no money, no nothing, just to wreak havoc.
0: I mean, it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Officials say the group didn't use any weapons or take any property with them. The restaurant is estimating the damage will cost $20,000. Residents talking to ABC7 were in shock.
4: Seeing it like, right here it was just really shocking.
5: I don't see a reason
0: to that, and it just seems really, really just immature and inappropriate. And I'm
2: really furious and kind of disappointed in the future generation on how they
0: acted. So far, no arrests have been made.
2: All right. So, Alex, lots of questions here. One, um, is it uh, are they calling it the police a uh, hate crime? I know it's a Chinese restaurant. Any thought that that might be part of this?
0: Well, uh, there's no word yet on whether or not this is being labeled a hate crime. But uh, since the manager has described the teens as being mostly Asian and given that this was a Chinese restaurant, I mean, I don't know if, if, if that can really be classified as a hate crime. It doesn't
2: sound like it lends itself to it. So then the question is, maybe there's somebody in this group that had a connection to the restaurant. It seems odd somebody would go third floor elevator to destroy a restaurant, not take anything, go back down. Sounds maybe, I know you don't know the answer to this, but sounds maybe disgruntled ex-worker. Could it be something like that?
0: It could be that it does seem a long way to go just to trash a restaurant and not take anything. That's for sure.
2: All right, WABC's Alex Barnard joining us live. Thank you very much, Alex. Uh, Out to Brooklyn, two teenagers shot outside of a school in Sunset Park. This was after classes yesterday. Both shot in the shoulder. This is outside P-371K. Both took a bullet to the shoulder. Not clear why the bullets flew.
4: That's really scary. You know, it seems like the younger they are, the more and more crime violence is going on, so sad just shines a light on uh problems with gun control in this in in this country in general
2: so the good news is these teenagers are going to be okay the bad news of course is that they were shot in the first place the nyp does have two people in custody at this hour that they are questioning in connection into that gunfire wabc news time 509 three members of a new jersey family dead after a father shot and killed his wife and son before turning the gun on himself. This happened in Roxbury. Police went to this home on Justin Place to conduct a welfare check after nobody had heard or seen this family. Once inside, officers discovered the three bodies. The people killed have not yet been identified, but sources say it was a father who shot his wife and his teenage son before turning the gun on himself. Back here in the city, one worker dead, three others injured, after a wall of an unoccupied building collapsed in lower Manhattan. This was yesterday afternoon. It happened while crews were demolishing a three-story building, Lafayette and Canal Streets in Soho. This was a,
4: a permitted process of a demolition. And uh, again, uh, thank you to the men and women who responded uh, to really uh, attempt to save the lives of those who are involved.
2: And that's Mayor Adams, who raced to the scene along with several agencies. Officials say the site was permitted. It had been issued five safety related violations though in the last month. FDNY officials say crews responded to the reports of the building collapse as fast as they could.
5: Our fire units were here in less than four minutes and they quickly assessed the situation and were able to dig out the trapped construction worker uh, pretty quickly.
2: Up to the Bronx, New York Congressman Richie Torres introducing federal legislation to combat the uptick in lithium-ion battery fires across the city. More than 200 last year. There's been 36 so far this year. I think that's the number. We
0: have an obligation to keep people safe in their homes and in their workplaces and to protect them from the devastating fires that we have seen far too often here in the Bronx and elsewhere in the city. There
2: are currently no federal safety standards for these batteries or the devices that use them, like e-bikes or scooters. If approved, this legislation would require the Consumer Product Safety Commission to set mandatory standards for devices that use lithium-ion batteries. The
0: problem arises when these lithium-ion batteries are poorly designed, poorly manufactured, and poorly handled. The problem
2: is, is those batteries are cheaper than the better ones and people will go for them to save money. But of course, it doesn't always work out well for them. FDNY Commissioner Laura Kavanaugh backing the
5: legislation. We think
1: we will see uh, eventually fewer of these illegal devices coming into our city. So
5: we are are incredibly grateful uh, for doing this work. And I cannot emphasize the urgency of the issue enough.
2: We've done an in-depth look into these batteries and uh, when they're safe to charge and where they're safe to charge. Just surf over to wabcradio.com. You'll see it right on the front page, everything you need to know about those batteries and what safe ones are by and which ones are not so safe to buy. WABC News Time 512. Let's go out to Queens now. Over a dozen cats found dead behind a building in Queens. There were 14 dead cats found at a non-residential building. This is in Howard Beach. No one's sure how they got there or yet what someone might have done to them. The
3: one of the most tragic and heartbreaking things I've ever had to look at. Like, I had to take breaks and go back into my car and go back. It was just horrible.
2: Yeah, you just sort of wonder why anybody would do this to an animal official say the cats appear to have been thrown over a fence. They don't really have a whole lot more than this. The NYPD is all over it, though, investigating the incident as a case of animal cruelty with the help of the ASPCA. Hopefully maybe some video caught some images of someone doing this horrendous thing.
1: I think that the common factor here is that animals are getting
5: abused every day in this city, and that's what's so concerning
2: remember that situation we told you about a week ago those five stray cats were found with serious injuries in richmond hills look like somebody had sprayed them with some sort of poison or something neither of those cases have been solved there are some changes being to the way new york city is going to handle asylum seekers as mayor adams releases what he calls a road forward blueprint the city's going to have A new 24-7 arrival for migrants and is also creating a new Office of Asylum Seeker Operations to focus on coordinating resettlement and legal services for those migrants who, by the way, are still streaming in. Our
4: goal is to help them to become self-sufficient as soon as possible. That is the number one goal we have.
2: The city's also launching a pilot program with SUNY Sullivan to provide job training to the migrants as they wait for work permits.
4: We're going to move towards long-term housing and resettlement, including resettlement to pre-vetted cities and municipalities that welcome asylum seekers.
2: Now, you're probably asking the same question I'm asking. Who's paying for all this? Uh, So far, the mayor said this whole thing's going to cost billions of dollars, but the feds haven't really pitched in any big way. The state hasn't. So it's, uh, I guess all of us are going to pay for it. Asylum
4: seekers want to work. I hear that over and over again, as I indicated, and we need to be there to help them over the hurdle. We want to ensure that they, they, can be, they can self-sustain themselves. So 45,000,
2: that's the number that keeps being thrown around of migrants that have been bused from the U.S. southern border here to New York since the spring. But we still hear sometimes buses coming into Port Authority with new migrants. Now there's this whole program to take care of them. That's going to cost just a you know, truckload of money. WABC News Time, 515. Let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk where we find Justin Adler and we say good
5: morning, Justin. Good morning, Gnome Layden. Happy Wednesday morning. We got big news to start off with here out of the NFL locally as the Giants yesterday get their, get both their guys, I should say, and Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. Daniel Jones agrees to a four-year contract. And the Giants use their non-exclusive franchise tag on running back Saquon Barkley. Jones' deal is worth $160 million, with 82 million guaranteed at signing. Sources did tell ESPN the deal also includes up to $35 million in incentives. Barkley will make 10, uh, almost uh, 11 million in 2023 under the non-exclusive franchise tender. Now over to the hardwood last night. The Knicks' nine-game winning streak was snapped yesterday in unlikely fashion as the lowly Charlotte Hornets took down the NBA's hottest team at the Garden by a score of 112-105. to R.J. Barrett led the Knicks in scoring with his 27 points, but three Charlotte starters with over 20 points on the night proved too much for the Knicks to handle after they emptied their tanks for two overtimes in the win against Boston just two nights earlier. New York was without starting point guard Jalen Brunson for a second straight game due to a sore left foot, but he is hopefully slated to return When the Knicks begin a four-game road trip in Sacramento tomorrow night. Out in Houston, the Nets kept rolling with their third straight win, beating the Rockets 118-96. Mikkel Bridges led the contest in scoring with 30 points, making it three straight games in which he's poured in at least that many for Brooklyn. They face a tough test in Milwaukee tomorrow, and they're set to tip it off with the NBA's best in the Bucs. And on the ice, the Islanders grabbed two points with a 3-2 win at home over the Buffalo Sabres. Josh Bailey and Hudson Fashing each had a goal and an assist in the third period to propel the Owls to victory and into the Eastern Conference's seventh. Come tomorrow night, they'll get a closer look at the team they leapfrogged in the Pittsburgh Penguins. The Devils were in action as well, albeit falling at home to the Toronto Maple Leafs by a score of 4-3, Prime for overtime with just under three minutes remaining in regulation. Toronto's Austin Matthews silenced the New Jersey crowd with a power play goal to bury the Devs for good. And with the win, Toronto now sits just two points behind New Jersey for third place in the Eastern Conference. The Devs will try and bounce back in Washington tomorrow night against the Capitals and looking ahead to local action tonight. It's conference tournament time in the Of college basketball, St. John's gets the Big East tournament going this afternoon when they tip it off at 3 p.m. with the Butler Bulldogs, and Seton Hall will almost immediately follow them with their matchup against DePaul scheduled for five thirty p.m. Tip off here with sports. I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. Just getting
2: this into the 77 WABC newsroom. Firefighters have been at the scene of a massive apartment fire in Yonkers, where multiple people had to be rescued. We're getting an unconfirmed report of a death. The fire chief says someone there needed CPR. This was at the Mona Lisa Cooperative residence on Bronx River Road. The fire breaking out about two this morning. We're told it's under control. Of course, as more details come into us, we will pass them on to you. Much more to get to on this Wednesday morning including Mayor Adams says he knows who he's backing in 2024 and LIRR riders just can't catch a break but before we do any of that let's check in Wall Street and Lou Dobbs This is the 77 WABC Lou Dobbs Financial Report
1: Wall Street rattled by Jerome Powell's testimony to Congress yesterday the Fed chair said interest rate hikes are likely to go on for a while the Dow Jones Industrials finished down 574 points, the SP lost 62, the Nasdaq 145 points lower. The market preparing for another session of Powell testimony today. Economists expect the January jolts reports to have dipped by half a million. If the forecast holds, it would mark a significant slowdown in the job market. Elon Musk says Tesla's next-gen small cars will be mostly autonomous. Musk made similar promises back in 2020. Still, investors eager for any new details about future Tesla models. Despite recent losses, Tesla stock is up more than 75% so far this year. Please join me several times each weekday right here on 77 WABC. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Keep
2: listening for more to 77 WABC for the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. WABC News Time 521. There is a growing makeshift memorial outside of an Upper East Side bodega where a worker was fatally shot over the weekend. One neighbor says it's tricky to ask customers to remove their masks before entering businesses. That's what the NYPD is telling bodega owners to tell their customers now. Mayor Adams telling them the same thing. Remember how hard it was for bodega owners to tell people to mask up during the pandemic? Uh, it's just as hard to tell them to take the mask off. And uh, there's fears that people might start a fight when they're asked to do so.
6: They get agitated when somebody says take the mask off. This a major problem there's no acute answer one
2: two three yes meantime the search continues for the gunman who the nypd considers armed and dangerous this creep this murder who shot and killed this upper east side bodega worker over the weekend they think he's been involved in at least four other burglaries at bodegas across the city wabc news time 522 Mayor Adams has been selected to sit on a Democratic National Advisory Board that has been put together by President Biden's team. That means Adams will likely stump for the Democratic Party and the president if and when he officially announces a reelection bid, which I imagine will come soon.
4: He's moving the, the country in the right direction, and I, I'm happy to be part of his uh, his panel. And I'm, I'm glad he thought enough of New York City and what I'm doing around public safety
2: of course, the the rumors start to go that maybe he's going to consider, the Biden will consider uh, Adams as his vice president. I don't think any of that's going to happen. But uh, Adams says uh, he dislikes what the federal government has been doing when it comes to asylum seekers, not giving New York City the money it needs to pay for its programs. But he says he likes President Biden's policies on other issues. And he says he's happy to join the team, as you heard him there. Out to uh, Westchester, Westchester County Executive George Latimer. Making single-use plastic foodware only available upon request. They're going to do this here in the city as well. You'd have to ask for a fork and knife, ketchup and mayonnaise if you have an order being delivered to you or if you're taking takeout. It's all about reducing waste. Latimer signing the measure into law that was introduced by legislature uh, legislator Erica Pierce. It's all, again, about reducing waste. $40 billion,
1: in fact, on average, of these food accessories are thrown away annually many of which were only used once, some of which were never used at all. And the vast majority of them cannot be recycled. It's
2: all stuff we just have to get used to, kind of like bringing your own bags to the supermarket. I always forget to do that. But uh, you can't get a plastic one anymore, and soon you'll have to ask for a plastic fork and knife uh, before you leave a restaurant or when it's delivered to you, at least in Westchester and New York City. Officials say local businesses can save the environment and money by purchasing fewer single-use plastic utensils. This was the
1: curse of my my husband's life. I collected all the single-use service items that were ever given to us that we (laughs) didn't need to use. Really? Because I could not bear to throw them away. Okay. And so they became a mountain. Yeah, it seems kind of dopey.
2: WABC News Time 525. A new bill is taking aim at embattled New York Congressman George Santos. Fellow Republican Congressman Anthony D. Esposito says the legislation would prohibit Santos from profiting from his campaign lies if he's convicted of a crime. No one. Should be able to profit off lying to the American people. D'Esposito De says that would include making money from a book deal, a TV movie, or even a Netflix special. You can see all those things happening with Santos. He says he's confident the bill will make it to the House floor for consideration. Boy, it's been tough for L I double R riders since Manhattan's East Side Station has been opened, and uh, the ride has just gotten. It hasn't gotten a lot better, apparently. The, LIRR riders complaining. The MTA's attempt to satisfy those disgruntled riders seems to be falling flat. A week after launching service to Manhattan's east side, the railroad decided to add trains to cars to certain lines and increase the amount of shuttle trains uh, heading to Brooklyn. But riders say it still isn't making as much of a dent as the LIRR had promised. It's
3: just bad, you know what I mean? Like, uh, we have to transfer, you have to wait, the connections, the times.
2: It has not improved the services of the LIRR for me. Yeah, Jamaica Station, everyday riders say they miss connections. they become more common now. Uh, the Grand Central Madison opened that those connections are not there like they used to be before with the LIRR, and so that's made their commute times longer. I'm
3: supposed to just cross over from one train to the other. Now I have to wait eight minutes because the
1: train's not here yet, so. I was on a Grand Central and then decided to divert it to Penn, so I had to get out.
2: This is Michael who says his commute between Oyster Bay to Brooklyn has become just a huge headache, and it wasn't before they opened the east side station. I haven't seen a difference this week yet. By treating it
1: like a shuttle, they're not treating it like a priority, so it's added an extra hour, hour and a half to my day.
2: Now, the LIRR president at the end of last week promised there would be changes for the better this week. The LIRR riders not too confident that's going to happen.
1: We're talking about the city and the geniuses who are running it. I'm giving it a chance, of course. I'll give it a chance
2: because it's... Still the, it's the only option. Some people say they've taken to the car because they say that's actually faster getting into the city now. I'm just getting started on this Wednesday morning. So much more to get to till we take you up to sit in friends in the morning, including a local lawmaker who's really coming after our TikTok in a huge way. a New Jersey grandmother who celebrated her 95th birthday in a very daring way. And we'll get the latest on just what is that god awful story out of Mexico. Those four who were kidnapped. We'll get the latest details on that one as well well but first it's wabc news time it's 5 30.
0: wabc new york and 107.1 wlir hampton bays
2: It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know. With Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick Sports, Lou Dobbs, Business. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yeah, that's me, WABC News Time 531. Good morning, welcome on in. It is Wednesday, March 8th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Mix of sun and clouds today, high 48. Tonight and overnight, clear, low 33, and then Thursday, sunshine could hit 55. If you are walking out the door with us at this early hour, and so happy you are, it is 31 and foggy. Lots to get to in this final half hour of the show. We'll start in New Jersey, where a local lawmaker is joining a number of federal lawmakers who are in favor of banning TikTok. I guess they don't have to worry about getting the kids' votes, because they'll be very upset about this. New Jersey Congressman John Josh Gottheimer, wants to go after TikTok. He says the Chinese-owned app is an information invasion against America's families and a huge asset, he says, to the Chinese Communist Party.
0: They're building lengthy data files on millions of children across our country, learning and capitalizing on their every move online.
2: It is a really fun app to scroll through, I have to say. I'd be upset if it was gone. I, you know, I wouldn't be destroyed. But there's legislation making the rounds in Congress that could ban or prohibit Foreign technology like TikTok. The White House has already told federal agencies to wipe that app clean from all government devices. TikTok, of course, says the proposed ban would hurt the free speech right of millions of Americans who are content creators and make full time livings off of TikTok. But uh, Congressman Josh Godheimer says, too bad. They
0: admitted they collected our children, including, quote, IP addresses and other device information.
2: Yeah, that's a little scary that they're collecting the IP addresses because then it means they could eventually track you down. Don't know where this is going to go. But by the way, the president's on board with us. He wants the ban of TikTok as well. WABC News Time 533, the Biden administration working closely with the Mexican, Mexican government to ensure justice is served following the kidnapping and killing of Americans in northern Mexico. When
6: it comes to Americans' lives and when it comes to the safety of Americans, the president's always going to make sure that that is a top priority.
2: This is just a horrendous story. White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre there offering condolences to the victims' families after Mexican authorities say Two of these four that were kidnapped were found dead. President Biden uh, is being updated, of course, on the situation. U.S. authorities working closely with their Mexican counterparts to track down whoever carried out this crime. A level four do not travel warning is in place for the Matamoros section of Mexico across the border from Brownsville, Texas. Do not
6: travel due to crime and kidnapping. We've been very clear about that. The State Department, again, has put that out. We urge Americans to read these alerts before traveling
2: more from the white house spokeswoman we're
6: still working with mexican officials to learn more and to have all americans return to the united states
2: yeah the crazy part about this story is family members say these four had traveled there for a medical procedure from south carolina it was a tummy tuck I guess it's much cheaper to do it in Mexico than it is to do here. Robert Williams, brother of Eric Williams, one of the four, talks about his reaction to learning that his brother was
1: alive. Like the first thing was that I was going to leave, but I just had faith that he's a tough guy, like you said, and that he would pull through and that he wanted that he would want to live. I know you can't always control that, but at least I knew that the desire to live would be there.
2: Attorney General Merrick Garland speaking about what happened. During this difficult time, I want to offer my
6: deepest sympathies to the families of the Americans who were attacked and kidnapped.
2: He says he'll seek justice as hard as he can in Mexico. I've been
6: briefed by the FBI, which is working with Mexican authorities. And senior department officials are working closely with our counterparts at the State Department.
2: Yeah, just an awful ending to an awful story. Just probably, this is the thought, is these four were just in the wrong place at the wrong time and were confused for a different group of people that they were not. Terrible story. WABC News Time 536. You know, today is International Women's Day in countries around the world. This year's theme, selected by the United Nations, who came up with the idea of International Women's Day, is Embrace Equity, which focuses on gender equity needs and the difference between equity and equality. I'll let them explain.
3: When it comes to equity in the workplace, pay is an important place to start. Making sure that women and people from other traditionally underrepresented and marginalised backgrounds are not paid less
2: Doing the same work. That's a Women's Day spokesperson talking about just one form, of course, of equity. International Women's Day colors, by the way, are green for hope, white for purity, and purple for justice and dignity. Some cities are hosting activities today celebrating International Women's Day right here on 77 WABC. We will be celebrating International Women's Day all day long with some fantastic guests. So make sure you're here all day long, including in my nugget that I do. With uh, Sid every day at eight twenty-five, I have a great guest, somebody I had the most uh, interesting talk with, and you'll get to hear from her at eight twenty-five. But there's fantastic guests all day long, so make sure you keep it here, seventy-seven WABC, as we celebrate International Women's Day. All right. So, is this conspiracy, or is there something to this story about the Chinese? China is blasting the U.S. over concerns that Chinese-made shipping cranes are being used to spy on the U.S. So Pentagon officials telling the Wall Street Journal... That there's an ongoing investigation as to whether cargo cranes used at American ports that are Chinese are using sophisticated technology to spy on American logistics operations. Fascinating if it's true. They
6: knew they knew what we were, what was being shipped, where it's being shipped around the world. Also some of that spyware could actually get into the port systems and the and the chinese could use it in a malicious way i mean
2: how great is that i mean it's not great that they're doing it but how great that they thought of that that's florida republican congressman carlos jimenez close to 80 percent of all cranes used in the u.s do come from china they're already assembled and some include chinese operators chinese uh foreign ministry this week called the report of uh, that they were using some sort of spyware in these cranes complete paranoia
1: we Need to have a different source. Yeah. All
2: right. That, well, I, that investigation will continue, but fascinating if it's true. Down to Florida. Four people dead after two small planes collided in midair in Florida yesterday happened in Winter Haven. FAA NTSB investigating one of the planes is more than 20 feet underwater. The other partially submerged. The crash site is at a lake in Winter Haven, which is roughly 50 miles or so east of Tampa. One
4: plane, as you may see
1: out there, is partially submerged. The other plane is completely submerged. Awfully
2: frightening that planes are crashing. FAA and NTSB, of course, on the ground. They're in Winter Haven investigating today. WABC News Time 541 while we 're talking planes frightened passengers telling their story about this lunatic who tried to stab a flight attendant and then open an emergency door on a United Airlines flight from uh, that was on its way to from Los Angeles to Boston on Sunday night. Thankfully, the passengers realized this guy was out of his mind, and they tackled him pretty quickly before he could do any damage. But, of course, everybody wants to get their two cents in about what happened. It was
5: going to be a bloodbath. He was asking where
2: Homeland Security was. The DOJ says a 33-year-old believed that the flight crew was trying to kill him after they asked him if he had tampered with an emergency exit door, and then he just kind of went bonkers from there. The
1: amazing part of the whole thing, um, so many men on that plane just got up and, you know, went right after him.
2: That's not so surprising. Nobody's taking any chances, of course, especially after the nine eleven attacks. We know what can happen on the plane. He
0: was, you know, visibly upset, um,
1: saying that he was um, Bal- um his father was Dracula, he was going to kill all the men on the plane. It's
2: yeah, just frightening getting up in the air. You never know what's going to happen. The man's on-flight rant. Of course, people took out the cell phones. They captured it all.
4: So where's the Homeland Security with the gun? Because I'm waiting for them
0: to point the gun at me so I can show everybody that I won't die when I take every bullet in that clip to wherever in my body they shoot it. And then I will kill every man on this plane.
2: I mean, just trying to go from Los Angeles to Boston, and this guy stands up, starts screaming. Thankfully, everybody tackled him. Everybody's okay, but it was a frightening scene on that flight. While we're talking flights, federal government suing to block a major airline merger. The Department of Justice filed a civil antitrust lawsuit in the U.S. District
6: Court for the District of Massachusetts to stop the merger of JetBlue and Spirit Airlines.
2: Attorney General Merrick Garland there announcing the lawsuit yesterday. The deal, it's worth three point eight billion dollars. If the merger were to go through, it would create the fifth largest airline in the nation. Spirit would also be eliminated. They would just take on the JetBlue name. Attorney General Garland says flying will only get more expensive if this merger goes through. We
6: allege that if allowed to proceed, this merger will limit choices and drive up ticket prices for passengers across the country.
2: Garland talks about those who may be hurt Most if this merger takes place. And we
6: further allege that the impact of this merger will be particularly harmful for travelers who rely on what are known as ultra-low-cost carriers in order to fly.
2: I have a buddy who flies for Spirit Airlines. He's like praying this deal goes through. He wants to work so badly for JetBlue. W.A.B.C. News Time 544. Congress needs to come to an agreement and raise the debt ceiling. The question is, is that going to happen? Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell before Congress yesterday. That's the only only way out in a timely way that allows us to
5: pay all of our bills when and as due.
2: Powell uh, warning senators about the potential fallout of failing to raise the debt ceiling, saying the consequences could be extraordinarily adverse and could do long-term harm to the economy. This is what he was telling Congress yesterday. The
5: consequences are are hard to estimate, but they could be extraordinarily adverse and and could do long-standing harm.
2: Yeah, so his urging lawmakers, really pointing his finger at Republicans, who he says, well, he didn't say this, but suggesting that they're getting in the way. There's
5: only one solution that, to this problem, and that is Congress really needs to raise the debt ceiling.
2: Okay, we'll have to see if what happens, but it's been interesting up till now, the negotiations with the debt ceiling. WABC Newstime 545, let's head over to the
5: 77 WABC Sports Desk and... Here we find Justin Ellick. Thank you, Noam. We will begin here on the hardwood. The Knicks' nine game winning streak was snapped yesterday in unlikely fashion as the lowly Charlotte Hornets took down the NBA's hottest team at the Garden by a score of 112 to 105. R.J. Barrett led the Knicks in scoring with his 27 points, but three Charlotte starters with over 20 points on the night proved too much for the Knicks to handle after they emptied their tanks through two overtimes in the win against Boston just two nights earlier, New York was without starting point guard Jalen Brunson for the second straight game due to a sore left foot, but is hopefully slated to return when the Knicks begin a four game road trip in Sacramento tomorrow night out in Houston, the Nets, they kept rolling with their third straight win, beating the Rockets 118 to 96. Mikel Bridges led the contest in scoring with 30 points, making it three straight games in which he's poured in at least that many for Brooklyn. They face a tough test in Milwaukee tomorrow when they're set to tip it off with the NBA's best in the Bucks. On the ice, the Islanders grabbed two points with a three to two win over the Buffalo Sabres. Josh Bailey and Hudson Fashing each had a goal and an assist in the third period to propel the Isles to victory and into the Eastern Conference. Seed Come tomorrow night, they'll get a closer look at the team. They leapfrogged in the Pittsburgh Pir- uh, the Penguins, not the Pirates. The Devils were in action as well, albeit following at, uh, falling at home to the Toronto Maple Leafs by a score four to 3 Primed for overtime with just under three minutes remaining in regulation. Toronto's Austin Matthews silenced the New Jersey crowd with the power play. Goldenbury, the Devs for good. And with the win, Toronto now sits just two points behind New Jersey for third place in the Eastern Conference. The Devs will try and bounce back in Washington tomorrow night against the Capitals. And big local news to get to as well out of the NFL as the Giants yesterday signed uh, quarterback Daniel Jones to a four year contract. And use their non-exclusive franchise tag on running back Saquon Barkley. deal contract? is worth 160 million, with 82 oh, million God. guaranteed at signing, and the deal also includes up to 35 million in incentives. Barkley will make uh, just north of 10 million in 2023 under the non-exclusive franchise tender. And look out for the start of the Big East tournament tonight. Saint John's gets the tournament going this afternoon when they tip it off at 3 p.m. with the Butler Bulldogs, and Seton Hall will almost immediately follow them with their matchup against DePaul scheduled for 5:30. Here was. I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC.
2: All right, let's catch up on some of the big stories of the morning. Last night, nine firefighters injured in a five-alarm inferno tore, tore through multiple homes. This was in Queens last night, Woodside. Broke out about 945, quickly spread to a bunch of neighboring homes.
3: So I was taking a shower, came out fire everywhere. Luckily, everyone was able to evacuate in time. But the fire is just expanding. It's been expanding.
2: Burned through the floors of two buildings. This is on 59th, expanded into three separate homes.
3: It started from the back of their house, and they saw from their camera. They started pounding on the door of the other person, told the other person to evacuate, so they all got out safely.
2: Firefighters fought the flames for roughly three hours before they brought it under control. That was about one this morning. Nine firefighters transported to Cornell Hospital with non-life-threatening injuries. Injuries. Another fire overnight, this one a fatal one, at least one person killed. Several others were rescued in a massive apartment fire up in Yonkers. Flames began shooting out of the top of the Mona Lisa Cooperative residence on Bronx River Road. This was about 30 this morning. Details still sketchy and why that started or uh, if there are more uh, critical injuries. Of course, there's more information on that fire that comes into us. We will pass that on to you. And then, of course, there's this viral video now going around the end. YPD trying to figure out why a group of teenagers trashed a Queens restaurant Saturday night. The chaos at Fish Village was caught on video, lasted about a minute. A dozen masked teenagers wearing hooded sweatshirts run into this restaurant and just start flipping chairs and uh, tables. With
3: incidences like this, it warrants more police. That's
2: uh, Councilwoman Vicki Palladino, says the group. They actually had to take an elevator up to the third floor restaurant and their rampage did about twenty thousand dollars worth of damage. They didn't steal anything didn't take any money. So It's not really clear what the motive was here. The NYPD says it plans to pick up patrols now in that area in College Point in this complex where it took place. They don't think it's a hate crime because there was Asian kids involved in this. So now they're trying to figure out a motive.
3: They took an elevator three floors up to do what they did. And then took an elevator three floors down and left with no money, no nothing, just to wreak havoc.
2: Yeah, something strange about this story. Maybe it's an ex-employee. One of the kids used to work there, was fired, had a beef Something more to this, and I'm sure it will come out as the days wear on. Of course, the Oscars, they are taking place on Sunday. My favorite movie reviewer, Joe Malisi, did, uh, has been reviewing movies. You can go to the WABCRadio.com website and see him and see some clips from the movie. And we're happy that he's willing to do it right here on the news hour each day, getting us ready for the Oscars. Today, he does his review
0: on the movie Elvis. The Oscars are. Le- But if you're thinking to yourself, I have not watched a single movie from this year, don't worry, because this is Cinema in 60 Seconds. One of the most talked about movies this year was Elvis, and honestly, I do understand why. I mean, Austin Butler's voice is permanently changed from his role. The colors, camera work, and editing are also very well done, which definitely shows the style of director Baz Luhrmann. However, when you take this movie and compare it to other musicians' biopics, it doesn't really pose much of a threat. Films like Rocketman and Bohemian Rhapsody stand significantly taller to me. Look, if you have HBO Max, this is a definite watch. But if you have to pay to watch this on demand, I'd watch the trailer first before making your decision. From 77 WABC, I'm Joe Malisi with Cinema in 60 Seconds.
2: Of course, you can go to 77WABCradio.com and see Joe Malisi, he's a handsome guy, and see more of his other reviews. All of them are up there on the WABCradio.com site. The trial of two women, including former Baywatch star Alexandra Paul, scheduled to begin today. Paul faces uh, theft charges. Listen to what she did. She removed two chickens from a Foster Farms truck outside a slaughterhouse in California. She says... She did it because she was rescuing the chickens from inhumane conditions inside.
1: Foster Farms that has a history of abuse uh, for animals doesn't want the truth to come to light about how their animals are being treated.
2: So a group of animal rights activists gathering outside the courthouse in support of Paul, whose attorneys plan to call high-profile character witnesses, including actress Daryl Hannah, and Daphne Zuniga, an Olympic medalist, Dotsie Bosch, I'm probably butchering that name. I don't know who she is, but uh, she claims she was just rescuing chickens and that it's okay to steal them from a place, a truck that's bringing them to a slaughterhouse. How about this uh, grandmother in uh, Toms River, New Jersey? Her name is Marge Wardensky. She wanted to figure out how to celebrate her 95th birthday in a big way, so she jumped out of a plane over Hawaii. She was connected to her granddaughter. They did a tandem jump, which is kind of cool, 95, very brave.
4: You only live once. Take your chances. It really is great. You get out there and go, like, ah, you <laughs>
2: Marge says she only became adventurous in the last 10 years after her husband passed away. You know, sometimes that spouse, they drag you down. They don't want you to do anything fun. She's done, like, all kinds of other stuff, uh, hot, hot air ballooning, but skydiving. This was the first time she ever did that.
4: I always wanted to do it, you know, be adventurous, and he didn't want me to do it. <laughs> so he died. I did it. I said, go for it. You want to do something, go for it.
2: Yeah, uh, she also... Uh, her kids and uh, her kids you know she's 95 her kids are not kids anymore grandkids aren't even gra- you know kids anymore they're all in awe of her at 95 years to old to see
3: the joy on her face there's a huge smile the whole time people a quarter of her age are terrified of what you know the
1: adventurous things that she does
5: there's people that are old and there's people that never want to be old and she's one of those <laughs> a
2: great explanation of her pet owners in lower manhattan say they're doing their part to help the environment through a neighborhood program that encourages residents to compost their dog waste. All right, let me hear what this is all
0: about. Anything you can do to, uh, you know, kind of make the world a better place, I'm all about it. We really are starting to make a dent in the fight against climate change in a new way. All right, so
2: this is all about not taking the dog waste and throwing it in a trash can, but they have these composting... Uh, pots or cans where you can throw the waste but you can't throw the plastic bag in. it gets very complicated you have to pick up the waste with like recycled newspaper otherwise it's not going to work when it goes to composting so it's been hard to get people to do that because they're squeamish about it they want to use a plastic bag
3: um i haven't done that but people do use the scrapers i think that would probably be a better solution just in case <laughs> i'm kind of worried about picking up the paper I don't know it's going to soak through and go my hand.
2: Yeah, I feel the same way. So I guess it's having an impact, let's put it that way. Each day, crews pick up the waste nearly three tons since they started this effort two years ago. It marinates for several months, and then the final product ends up in flower beds along the West Side Highway.
0: We let uh, the dog waste cure for a long time, adding carbon, you know, wood. And, of course, we make sure that it's lab-tested.
2: The uh, goal is to steer as much waste as possible away from landfills if the program works, which it sounds like it sort of is. It'll spread to dog parks all across the five boroughs.